second. Honey, honey, there's a hot topic. Oh, God damn it. Pull, pull the fucking car over. I gotta buy some fucking trip pants. King of the Monsters. This is the King of the Podcast. This is the March and Mitch Show featuring Celine. Hey everyone, welcome back. As some of you may know, I have Triskaidekaphobia and this is the 13th episode of our podcast. That's right, I wear the 13 size shoes, so everywhere I go I just have bad luck all fucking day every day. <laughs> you know what they say about big shoes. Big socks. <laughs> yes, shopping for the socks becomes more and more stressful every year. Thanks, Burlington Coat Factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the big and tall store made just for you awkward fucks. You'll see him crying on his phone, and that phone is iPhone 7. Me and him will probably go to hell. At least his dogs will go to heaven. Give it up for Mitchell Herring. Woo! I don't have an <laughs> iPhone 7. In this, in this fictional... scurrilous accusation. Yeah. In this fictional reality, you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Bump the kilohertz rated to seven. Turn the volume up to eleven, and then just shut the whole thing down. Next up, we have my co-star, starring in the in the live action reboot of Danny Phantom. Give it up for Celine Santa's Pond. What's up? Live action reboot of Danny Phantom. Am I Danny Phantom? Yes. Excellent. Think of like a really living two lives, like my name, Danny Phantom. Literally, but we gotta sneak in like <laughs> we gotta sneak in like a subplot where like at some point you touch someone's butt, yeah. and the, and the and the audience is like, "This is Nickelodeon. How did they get away with that?" Oh, <laughs> I just realized <laughs> that switching headphones wouldn't do anything. I also realized that same thing. <laughs> Sorry, side note. Prior to recording, the welcome to the show. This is the Margin Mid Show, brought to you by. Audible, audibletrial.com forward slash March. You get three 30 days and a free audio book. Do the thing. Julie, do the thing. Julie, do the thing. Is it Julie or Zulie? It's, it's, it's Julie. Yes. It's Ju. It's Julie. Do the thing. If I was going to spell it phonetically, I would be like Z H U U dash L E E. Zulie, Zulie, do the thing. That would be Z O O. Zulie. <laughs> is it is it ethical is it ethical for him to be sleeping with his secretary? Not no. Not? That's enough Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to stay that. Stay tuned next week for the Avatar episode where we debate now. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the March Mitch show where Welcome. we cover how to pronounce people's names in Avatar. Fucking literally. I like my days rainy and I like my my like my skies overcast and I'm the only fucking vampire with his own podcast. I'm Alex Marchewski. Welcome to the March Mitch show. Let's go right into the artist of the week. <laughs> Artist of the week. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, gang, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. We're really grateful to have made it to 13 episodes. Uh, Selena Mitchell, I'm proud of both of you guys for hanging out with me and doing this podcast. It's been very fun and rewarding in ways I didn't even know was possible. I feel like this podcast has been very entertaining, not only for our friends, family, and fans, but just for us, too. I feel like we all get to do something we're good at. It's kind of like the Triforce. You know, one of us is power. One of us is courage. One of us brings wisdom. It really is the trifecta, triumvirate, Triforce. Can we just talk about our shout out last week, though? Hey, this is important. Yeah. We, would, we would like to uh, just mention it real quick. Uh, please, f- please follow Kayak Jones uh, on Instagram. Uh, they're a freaking killer emo band from Iowa. They're phenomenal. The gang at Kayak Jones was nice enough to actually uh, uh, regram us on Instagram, you know, or, or at us on Instagram. Uh, they not only like the podcast, but they were a big fan 
of uh, Celine's piece on prison reform. Thank you so much to Kayak Jones. Please check out their music or listen to songs like Matter. Please listen to songs like Lonely Codependent and uh, the rest of their new album on Hopeless Records. Seriously, they're such phenomenal guys, great people, and uh, they want to promote something that I wish people were promoting a long time ago, which is just being open and candid with your emotions within the right circumstance and when it's appropriate, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kayak Jones, for following the March and Mitch show. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Seriously, Check that out was really cool. Kayak Jones. Our 15 minutes of fame. It was very cool. It was. It I've was, never been famous before. This is really exciting. Like, what are you guys gonna do now? Like, what what happens when people start recognizing you on the street and be like, "Hey, you were retweeted or posted by Kayak Joe. You're that guy. You're that. You're that person. You're, you're that thing. You act like you've been there before. And then know? it's just like, <laughs> oh, you just heard of us. Yeah, like we're kind of a big deal. I don't know, man. Like it's it's no whatever. It's, I gotta be, stay down to earth. You know? Yeah, yeah, dude. It's not like a big thing. It's just you know we just do what we love and. You know, people just vibe with it, and it's like cool and stuff, man. So exactly, man. Oh, they fucking with it. <laughs> oh, they fucking with it, literally. But no, more importantly, it is it is really a blessing and a privilege to be uh, added by a really cool artist that I really love, and just all those emo vibes that they just they just really you know they 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 I fucks with it. Those emo, <laughs> the emo vibes. On the topic of music, I would like to present our Artist of the Week is none other than one of my favorite bands of all freaking time, graduating from Run For Cover Records. Uh, I believe they are now performing on Triple Crown Records. Tiger's Jaw from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Before we start making office jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger's Jaw is originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania. (laughs) They are formed by Gothboy Click founder, Dark Medicine founder, and... uh, What's his third project? Oh my God, Wicca. There's Dark Medicine... Which is stylized as Dark RX. Gothboy Click, obviously. I have the Gothboy Click banner in my car now. And then um, Misery Club. Who could forget Misery Club? Which is with my favorite guy ever, uh, John Simmons from Balance and Composure, who we'll probably talk about someday. Anyways, this song of the week is called Warn Me, and it's from their forthcoming album, which should be coming out later this year. It has yet to be announced in regards to what title it is, but this song uh, definitely kind of vibes a lot with Old Tiger's Job, but also is consistent with their last album, A Spin, which has been a huge hit for me uh, in 2018, the year that I moved to Oregon in the year 2016. uh, I had been listening to their album Charmer for about two years. And it just, uh, that album was with me. It was like a best friend. It was just kind of like having like, like no matter, you know, whoever left the house at the the end of the party or like whoever wanted to go out or didn't want to go out, that was always kind of like there for you. And even if they weren't physically there, you could text their ass and see how they're doing. And you know, that, that album was there for me for all those nights smoking weed late at night. Uh, I had lived in a house and I still live in this house. I had nothing to my name. I I slept on the floor on a, on a deflated air mattress that had been perforated beer cans everywhere. I probably had 20, not even 20 outfits, uh, 20 inch TV, Xbox 360. That's all I had after the breakup. When I moved here, you got 20 outfits. I had like 20 outfits. Now I probably have at least, <laughs> at least, at least 6,978 combinations. Thank God. Oh, um, Mitchell and Celine have never seen me wear the same outfit twice. Actually. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't tell what you're trying to say with 20 outfits. Cause I have four <laughs> and, and I have four and I, and I'm sure y'all can attest to that. And I can, Alex is just really telling on himself as a okay. fashionista. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just like, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was like, you are fashion police. Won't catch that guy. Yeah. You are to fly. You are to fly group. You are to fly one. It is. It's, it's just a funny, it's kind of a habit. One day I want to have my own streetwear brand. Kind of like how little peep was going to have like the, uh, the no smoking like yeah. brand, you know, like I want to do something like that someday. Mm-hmm. There's lots of brands I like. 
Um, Tiger's Jaws album Charger Charmer was uh, huge for me. They were part of my first concert ever in Oregon where I saw them perform with not only Manchester Orchestra, but Foxing. Uh, right now, we're going to play for you their newest single, and hopefully we'll get a 10 out of 10 home run freaking album uh, later this year. Kind of like Mel Gibson said in the film Signs, swing away, kid. Swing away. <laughs> Let's, you can't hit a home run without swinging the bat. This is more than Bass in there, good melodies. Tiger's Jaw is the Fleetwood Mac of indie rock. Seriously, Ooh. they are the Fleetwood Mac of indie rock. Fleet Brianna Collins, Ben Walsh, and uh, the member, the main member who was the front man who started Goth Boy Click, uh, Adam McAuley, who's now uh, Wicked Face Brings Eternal. Uh, tune in next week as we'll talk about Pay for Pain, which is actually Wicked Face Brings Eternal, known as Adam McAuley, with the original drummer and the original bass player from Tiger's Jaw. I was lucky enough to meet Ben Wallace, the lead singer in Portland, after their tour with The Wonder Years and Tiny Moving Parts. Um, typically, I'm not. I'm a very aggressively friendly person, and I'm very social. Uh, I had seen him about 10 feet away in the smoking section next to his tour bus, talking to a security guard. And I went over there, and I was like, yo, hey, hey, <laughs> from like 20 feet away. And he like double takes, and he's just like, what the fuck is this kid doing? <laughs> so he gives a signal to the security and he comes over <laughs> and oh, no. for those of you that have met an Alex Marchewski we know that you know depending on what shoes it is probably 6'2 day maybe a 6'3 day if you're lucky dude is like 6'6 six, six. Ben Walsh is like 6'6 <laughs> six, six. like this dude could probably dunk on you I don't know how if he could dance well though like they say <laughs> they say tall dudes can't dance like have you ever seen like Shaquille O'Neal try to get down <laughs> no. that man is not just tall he is Thunk. He's past tense of thick. <laughs> <laughs> the man is wider than a semi truck. Like, let him be. He, of course, he can't dance. He can barely carry his own body weight. Seriously, seriously. For but, looking back in the past and onto the future, Tiger's Jaws music reminds me of lonely summer nights, drinking alone, getting stoned, and also those cold winter nights where you have the hum of electric heat and you're just kind of enjoying the company of someone in your life. Heater. Space heaters. For days, especially if you're in Oregon. That's my, that's my religion. Seriously. That's my religion. I fell asleep. I used to live by the space heater. Space heater. Uh, in the, oof, yeah. Toasty. Yeah. And warm ass fucking. Living thing. in a garage ain't, Sweat ain't a joke. Living in a garage ain't a joke. Especially in Oregon. I lived in the basement for a minute. It gets cold. <laughs> I could do this forever. <laughs> Soak in the space heater. <laughs> yeah. And much like a good friend that sticks around, Tiger's Jaws Music has been there for me for about four or five years. Check out their new single on Spotify. The song is called Warn Me. And be sure to stick around for album number six. I can't wait to hear album number six. And that was our artist of the week. That's Tiger's Jaw from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us for our artist of the week. I'm Alexander Marchewski. Let's pass the baton over to the one and only Danny Phantom themselves out here living two lives, motherfucker. Celine, what are we going to talk about this week in the realm of social commentary and current events? And we're going to come back and be right back. I'm going to fuck my own ass. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, this week, I am super excited to be bringing you a, so it's a little bit of a blast from the past, but super relevant to current events. So I'm super excited to bring you some talk about Octavia Butler's stories, Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents, which were books released in 1993 and 1998, respectively. Um, and even though they're a little bit older, I'm really excited uh, slash scared by those books because they are weirdly relevant to the times that we're What's living the through book currently. about? So this book is, um, and I want to shout out Octavia Butler all over the map because she is one of the best science fiction author authors, if you ask me, um, and also a underrepresented member of the sci-fi community because there's not a lot of black women who write in sci-fi. So I think that she oh. brings a unique voice to sci-fi and ideas of dystopian futures and things like that so this book is about it starts in the mid 2020s so the mid 2020s right off the bat very concerning in the middle of what, an economic collapse what year is it i think it's 20 20 something 22020 like that yeah it's fucked up uh, okay the future, the future so, is now oh that's weird mid 2020s like, oh this is turning into a uh, always sunny sketch i can already feel it that's weird. Uh, you know, twenty. That's two two. Do, 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 a little too close to home. A little too close to home. I don't. I don't really like it. I don't. I don't really like where you're going with this. Yeah, same. So, starts in the mid 2020s, in the middle of a massive economic collapse in America, largely triggered by climate change and America's inac- inadequate response to it. Oh. You know, something none of us is worried about before. I'm sure. No. And in this book, the main character, whose name is Lauren Olamina, uh, she creates the Earthseed religion. So she's in a gated community, which eventually has the gates torn down and very poor hooligans run over the town and completely burn it to, to the ground. Oh, huh. shit. So she's forced to kind of <laughs> okay. start start heading north. It's right. kind of fun to me because she ends up at, not quite in Oregon, but in very northern California. So it uh, all feels very like relevant. Humboldt? Right. Yeah, no. A <laughs> lot of the scenes in the story take place in the Humboldt State Park. Ooh. Um, some in the Redwood State Park. Ooh. So yeah, Ooh. fun, kind of fun and close to home. In that, That's a good way that it's close to home. And Selene, you're from Sacktown, right? Uh, by birth, yeah, I don't remember it at all. Oh, okay, no worries. Forgive me. Go ahead. And so she creates this religion that she's been mulling over for all these years as a teenager, which the thesis of it is basically God is change. God is change. I like that. Yeah. Tell so, me more. So God is change, and she kind of takes on this almost Jesus. Per- well, she is a Jesus Ooh, symbol. All right. And so she travels north, Jesus. eventually gathering kind of some disciples, basically. Okay. But the reason I was excited to pick this is because, first of all, I just finished these books and was blown away by them. And second of all, because The New Yorker actually in 2017 ranked the this series as possibly the closest dystopian story for our time. Whoa, spooky. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways in which that's the case. Yep. And it's all very concerning. Yep. But... Don't worry, we're going to get to a happy ending. I don't believe you. Uh, Let's see if these parallels scare me. (laughs) So (laughs) in the first book, there's a president who, to address the economic collapse that's taking place, he essentially wants to give corporations free reign to quote unquote fix everything. Don't like that. Nope. Not awesome. Not a fan. Nope. We see a return of 1920s structures like work towns, where basically it's a company town where you're an indentured servant. And like you live there. 
Yeah, you live there Ooh, and you get God. paid in company script, oh, so you yeah. can't turn it into real money and you're constantly in debt. So we see a return of that type of, of economic Ready system. Ready Player One did this. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. This is a, a common dystopian theme because it's something that we've already done in the past. Yeah. Trade your time for in debt and never can get out of it. Right. Exactly. Everything at the store is just overpriced enough that you're constantly in debt for basic survival needs. So that's something that he okays, and he essentially cancels science. So cancels. he says, science isn't going to help us yeah. fix this. Wow. And so one thing that the main character is upset about is that they completely cut funding to NASA. And the main thesis, <laughs> what we're going to get to, is that Earth Seed's destiny is for us to take root among the stars. Marchewski, I don't like this. How about I'm you? I'm getting freaked out, man. Like I'm, I'm probably like, on, on, on the scared scale, I'm probably like definitely like, uh, at least a 2.5 uh, deer in the headlights. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It gets worse. Oh, okay. All right, bring well, it. Not, not to interrupt you, but just, just for the, the, the boys in the room who have, you know, emotions and feelings, could you not? <laughs> Police? Like, that's a little too close to home. Am I wrong? Like, what? Well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, imagine reading this. My oh. heart hurts and my Head feels woozy. A little bit of fear can be stimulating and exciting. I bet, I can't I bet that's why the books the are. the part that's got you completely freaked out because you're going to hate the next part. I'm, oh. sure, I'm sure the books are fucking riveting. If this is just the synopsis, I wonder how, how good the books are. Oh, Speaking man. of books, there's a great way to experience these books the Audible Trial forward slash March. Audible Trial. Audible and trial. These books are on Audible, and I cannot recommend them strongly. Audibletotrial.com forward slash March. You can listen to the book that we're talking about right now for free for 30 days, zero trial to you, and you can contribute to us. Celine, please tell me more about how my head's about to hurt in 30 seconds. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So it gets, like I promised, it gets way worse. So that's the first president. So. You can indenture and enslave oh, citizens. Oh. Uh, NASA oh, is kaput. Oh, no. The nation is completely falling to shambles. Oh, no. But then we get his successor. Oh, no. Who, his slogan, and mind you, this book, so the book in which we're talking is the, the sequel, Parable of the Talents, which was written in 98. Mm -hmm. 98. The slogan of this president in the book is make America great again. No, oh, it's not. It really, really no, is. No, it's not. It, I promise it is. Okay, that's... So he's basically Joffrey then? No, that's... <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, no, like, I'm oh, serious. Oh, oh, although, to be fair, to be fair, oh, Trump actually completely jacked the Make America Great Again slogan from uh, from Reagan. Okay. So it's not a new oh, slogan. Okay. It was, this slogan was in use right. during the Reagan okay. administration okay. in the 70s. So it's not completely insane that Octavia <sighs> no, no. Butler okay. would okay. choose yeah, yeah. that as a phrase, but still uncanny. No, no, no. I'm just... I just think like many people listening to you talk about this amazing topic, I think uh, I think they're not ready. Kind of like watching The Matrix for the first time. It's like you're just you're not ready for this kind of reality. Yeah. Because this is real. So maybe this start with some lighter Octavia Butler reads first. Uh, I really recommend. That's, but that's not what we do here. No. But if you if you want to engage with Octavia Butler and you don't want to completely break your head, I will say that I would strongly recommend the uh no, we're not talking about that. I was. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I would definitely recommend Lilith's Brood as another uh, more oh. more alien, more sci-fi. That's the series, series, though. Lilith's Brood is a series. Though. That is the series. Yeah. Yes. So, so with the beginning book named Dawn. Yeah. So that one we kind of ran into last night. We figured out yeah. that Lilith's Brood is a is a trilogy, mm -hmm. and the first book is. Dawn. The Dawn. And this, yeah, okay. So just start there and you'll figure out the rest. Yeah. And then you'll listen to it or uh, if you subscribe to Audible using our, our code word, 
I, you'll listen to that. You'll be in love with Octavia Butler. You'll want more. You'll end up reading this. And so in this book, so President's Next Slogan is Make America Great Again. And under this president, who's also very business-focused and very uh, Christian-focused, uh-huh. uh, so under this president, religious extremists can forcibly enslave people to, quote-unquote, re-educate them as good Christian Americans. That's, that's not real. That can't be real. And... So, <laughs> that's a hard no. That's that can't be real. You must be making this up. That's are they never. from Alabama? <laughs> no. Oh goodness. Ah. Well, some I'm sure I'm sure there are. But so in the in the novel, yeah. the main character Lauren, she has established the Earth Seed movement and created basically a commune of people following the, the Earth Seed doctrine. It's, okay, and, so on Earth creates another subcult of Earth, but uh, right. So okay, and and I'll get a little bit more into what the Earth Seed movement actually is. I mean, I think because that's kind of where it ties I, to I our usual space bend. I think I kind of get what you're saying. But the number one thing about Earth Seed is that it's people coming together, trying to support each other and foster each other's individual strengths and talents yeah, and, to build and, a community and interdimensional travel. Eventually, yes. yeah, right. And so. This this thing of extremists re-educating people comes to the camp. They take over the camp. They pervert everything that these people have built together and say that it's because they're filthy heathens and they need to be re-educated to, to serve God. That's not Nazi Germany by any means. No, not at all. And then <laughs> Alex, one your way. Face. No, this is this is this is interesting interesting story. And in and the, in the I mean, whether it's science fiction or not, uh, and you know whether there's parallels or not with today's events, it's just it's entertaining for me to hear the story. So please continue. I apologize. Well, one thing <laughs> that where this hits especially close to home because a lot of this stuff is stuff that it's like we're we're damn near close to what this looks like. It, but and that's one thing that's frightened. already happening. Yeah, they can't see my is, face on the audio. <laughs> So in this novel, there's a a major theme of forced abduction and adoption of the children of these so-called heathens. And so the Christian American movement can just take children from people that they've deemed to be heathens and adopt them out in complete secrecy to good Christian American families so that they can be raised to good Christian Americans. Not unlike the 1,500 children that went missing under the ISIS control. Exactly. That's precise. You're way ahead of me. That's precisely (laughs) where we're going with this. Sorry, I'm not meant to be on the podcast. I'm meant to be in the background. Sorry. This hits so close to home because this is literally already happening in America. So there's the 1,500 undocumented children that just went missing from, from ICE control. Extremely concerning. But one thing that we can definitely pin down is that per the New York Times, and this is back in 2018, in October of 2018. 2018. So we're coming up on almost two years since this. Two years later. The New York Times documented that at least 700 children, including uh, over 100 under the age of four years old, were taken from their undocumented parents and adopted out to American families with no notification to the parents and no documentation of where they went. These parents have no way to find their kids. So this thing that happens in the novel... Yeah, like the second novel is actually well, there was written a- from the point of view of the daughter of Lauren Olamina, who was adopted out to a Christian American family and never knew her mother. This is happening. This is something that already happens. Did Octavia Butler time travel? Or no, no, I know, right? Well, one of the greatest, uh, and there's a saying oh, out there, and I'm not sure who who it is by, but uh, I guarantee you, this is a quote from someone that said that the best way to tell the truth is through fiction. Yeah. And and that's a pretty standard quote through all of uh, fiction writing. And and again, I don't know who said it, but they said it, and it seems to be the most one of the most truthful statements ever said. Because 
these these science fiction stories are written, but they're deeply rooted in truth. Sometimes, That's why I love sci-fi as a genre is because it's... It's sci-fi, quote-unquote, but it's a lot of reality. Yes. And uh, George Orwell's... Um, 1984? 1984 is, is probably the prime example of that. Yeah, no, I love that Kellyanne Conway uh, really boosted the sales of 1984 when she started talking about alternative facts, yep. which is literally a phrase from the bad guys in that <laughs> book. Yep. Um, but yeah, so all of that stuff, horrible. I actually, it took me, God, a good six months to read that, the second part of this, the second book. Yeah. Just because at the point where the Christian American... Uh, awful people had taken over the camp i was i just didn't even know how to cope with how awful that was it just it felt impossible and so eventually i came back to it and i'm glad that i did because ultimately the thesis is that even in the most impossibly oppressive scenarios we can still find a way to come together so when they're enslaved by the christian americans they have to endure 17 months of enslavement and abuse Mm -hmm. but they stick together as a community even though their captors try to make that impossible so the, and the cr- ultimate. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, oh, so, 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 so the Christians that are that are appearing in this in this science fiction all act a lot like the Christians that that happen to hang out in in real life. Then, yeah, <laughs> no, this is a oh, basically this is the type of, of perversion <laughs> of. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Christianity as a religion. I, th- I feel like me, me, like me and Bible Mitch are on that. But, me and Mitch are on that page. Yeah, <laughs> my guy, right here. We know. But yeah, it's it's an even more perverted version of Christianity than we see today. It's right. it's this hyper allowed under a president to run rampant. Right, and in this, in, it's frightening. It's really frightening. Yeah. Well, and intention. I'm sure intentionally by Octavia Butler because hyper uh, inflated um, characteristics of whatever it is in, in books is usually the point, right? So mm-hmm. to hyper inflate certain behaviors to draw more attention to it. So like the Christians in this book may be like these super hyper terrible people, but that like that's to it's it's to make a point usually right so like in, yeah. in 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 contrast it's like right these people are doing unthinkable things but it's usually basically they basically in, in science fiction it's basically dialed to 11 right reality mm-hmm. reality is set to eight science fiction it basically just dials it to 11 they put the volume up to 11 right right okay. it's, just, it's and i will right. say that i i think octavia butler does like an analogy. exceptional job of not otherizing in so even though obviously you're meant to hate the the Christian American captors, I think that she still does a really good job of even though yes like they are definitely portrayed at eleven the way that the captors while oh. they're at that location behave is just completely unconscionable right and but then she also does a good job of humanizing other members of this religion right and showing how you could get sucked into something like this. Ooh. So this, almost without realizing. So these books, do they have a pretty big cast of characters? Like, there's like a huge cast. Like, like yes, oh, yeah. Okay, right At on. least in this series, there's there's a lot of people to get to know. It's one of those books where you know when somebody dies, yeah, you're like you feel like somebody that you know kind of died. Shit. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like game like Game of Thrones level. Yeah. Like she's Ooh. she's an exceptional author. She's Ooh. incredible. I like I like it when stories have a good good cast with like big 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 spectrum of uh, mm-hmm. different characters, foils, yeah. antagonists. That's cool. But yeah, so ultimately what this comes what the Earthseed hypothesis comes down to is that humans survive best through very careful networks of independ- interdependence. So we don't survive when we are split off for any reason. We survive when we're striving for a common goal. Uh. For Earthseed, the common goal is that 
Interstellar travel. Yeah, Earthseed's destiny is to take root among among the stars. Among the stars. So she kind of describes it as a, a species life insurance policy. So even if we manage to completely fuck the Earth up so bad that human life is no longer possible here, we oh, can still have don't. somewhere to go, somewhere don't. to carry us as a human species forward. Don't even get me started. Right. We are so we are you are tiptoeing on the conspiracy the table. Yeah, yeah, but so and actually, Earthseed because of these books actually took off as in well, it didn't take off, but it is by some considered to be an actual religion. There are people who actually subscribe to the Earthseed doctrine. What? And I, I actually really love the Earthseed doctrine because it's very, you know, it's it's not really telling you anything you didn't already know. It's more just calling you out. It's also not very comforting, which. The book says multiple times. This They're like, yeah, amazing. this is not a, a comforting the uh, comforting religion. This is amazing. Um, my So obviously we talked about how the destiny of Earthseed is to take root among the stars is one verse. One So there's a couple, two more verses from the, the book of Earthseed that I want to read to you guys. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so the first is that to get along with God, consider the consequences of your behavior. Uh-huh. And then, Yeah, Alex. Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mark Chusky. Don't tell my dad, yeah. okay? Fuck. Keep, keep that in mind. And then the second is God is change. All that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. Yeah, quit touching me, Marchuski. That never happened. <laughs> it definitely didn't happen. But so as much <laughs> as these books are very, very upsetting glimpses into yeah. what was the future and is now our potential present, yep. the ultimate thesis is care for the people in your community. Yeah. Even if you don't like them, care. Yeah. find ways that you can contribute to your community. Love. Find ways that your abilities can tr contribute so that we can all ultimately strive towards this greater role. Yeah, love thy Karen like, yeah, I love thy brother. Exactly. <laughs> as much as it hurts to love thy Karen. <laughs> Figure out what thy Karen needs to be less of a Karen. Shout out to my neighbor, Karen. <laughs> oh, she's lovely. She gave you guys free milk. Yeah. Yeah, Karen's all right. Which is exactly what an Earthseed community member would do. Exactly. Share yeah. what they have. Shout out to Karen, my fucking pretty cool but not cool neighbor. <laughs> like, like, 50 50, yo. <sighs> okay, on that note, like, thank you, Celine. This is probably one of the best segments um, ever brought to you. Brought to it. This is amazing. Like, this is a, thank you. This is a, so good. I'm so happy and so intrigued. And I really want to go read this this thing. This book, I'm definitely gonna go check it out, and because I have an Audible subscription, I'm I, and have Audible. and and have downloaded the books already. Like I'm I'm super excited to go listen to them, the whole trilogy. So, uh, be like me, be like Mitch, uh, download it's the book. It's actually not a trilogy because she tried to work on a third book for this and decided it was too depressing. Wait, what happened to the? It's the the three books we talked about, right? Oh no, this is a different series. Oh, which one is this then? This is the Earth Seed series. Earth Seed series. Okay. Well, regardless, we still have it. Audible. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash March. I'm going to plug it one more time because Audible. this is where you can go. He listen to this book. You yes. can listen to this book. Literally. I, I checked it out. It's good. The, the narrator is good. It's worth it. Spend an hour of your day each day listening to this book. It will change your life. It's so good. Listen and forgive. Yes. <laughs> forgive thy Karen as done unto you. And we'll be right back. With the margin, Mitch go, Mitcho, 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 <laughs> show, Where show, are we? show, bum, 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 bum. Beaches and salmon spawns. Bum, 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 bum. Play the music. Can't.
let's run it up coming at you king of the fucking monsters it's monster island out there motherfuckers there's all kinds of weird shit happening shit you can't see monsters visible and invisible and the world's a crazy place out there be sure to check them out audibletrial.com forward slash march and check out audible it's a great way for people to listen to books whereas you know maybe they're normally in a format where you have to read the text these are in a format where you can actually listen to them so if you're a musician like me it's twice as fast it's yeah. great and it's great for digesting books and other content i learned uh, the other day i listened to a snippet of a, a synopsis of a book I might have liked, and then I made the conscious decision to not actually enjoy that book <laughs> because it could have wasted my time. There you and, go. And thank you, Audible, for doing that for me. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. On the final, well, not final, but on the second to final segment, we're going to bring you what we are continually have been calling the nostalgia trip we've decided to nostalgia trip. yeah we've decided to workshop the name uh it's definitely i mean it could be mitch's uh manifesto it could be the throwback 30s uh it could be cool a lot of things currently it's the nostalgia trip so this week we're going to talk to you about some things alex do you want to bring us the intro on this week's nostalgia trip Put on your best Hunter S. Thompson. Let's get on our Hawaiian shirts, hop in the vintage car, and roll down the highway. This is backcountry, motherfucker. I hope you brought your fucking spatula or, you know, just, you know, your fly swatter because this is the nostalgia trip. This week we're talking about the Power Rangers movie. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Going Power Rangers, Rangers forever. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That, that's the theme song. That's fucking literally go, go, how it goes. Power Rangers, if you were a young man, lady, or any of the in between in the early 1990s, this shit was the fucking religion as a kid. This is probably your <laughs> Halloween costume every damn year. <laughs> you were either probably the Red Ranger or the Pink Ranger. Or probably the badass Green Ranger that everyone wanted to be after season three. Because let's be real, dude. Everyone wanted that fucking Dragon Zord, dude. The fucking Dragon Zord went hard in the fucking paint. Yep. And <laughs> this week's nostalgia trip, via uh, vis-a-vis the movie, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> Featuring music from the dude from uh, Steve Perry from, from the fucking journey. Yeah. It sure did. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm -hmm. uh, with Higher Ground. Get off it's Higher Ground. Higher Ground, originally written by Stevie Wonder, uh, made popular again in the 90s by the uh, group Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Listen to Fleet. He slaps that bass like it owes him fucking money, dude. That's all you hear the whole song is that bass getting, getting slapped like a fuck. Oh, shit. People! Keep on trying. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure as a five-year-old, like I mean, I'm, I'm sure most kids probably didn't, you know, uh, they, they, I'm sure they heard these lyrics and they're just like, what the fuck is actually yeah. happening? Because as if, you know, like a bunch of teenagers from, from a, a fictional suburb out of Los Angeles fighting a bunch of Japanese monsters wasn't perplexing <laughs> enough. We got to have Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've actually read the memoir book of Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of the band. And there's a consistent beat in his life where he gets a lot of musical success. And then he visits a hotel and does a lot of drugs. And then he gets lots of musical success again. <laughs> And then visits a rainforest and does a lot of drugs. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> He's got a formula here. This dude has formulaic properties. Yeah. 
And that's what one the, thing he said that I really loved, actually, just on a quick side note. Yeah. He actually did say that at one point he decided to just completely clean up because he realized that people actually really liked what he was doing with his musical career. And he wanted to be able to keep giving that to people. So he decided to ease up on the drugs so that he could give people what they wanted. Wow. That's fucking yeah, tight. And that's, that's unlike, a big part of how he, how he cleaned up. I have a lot of respect for the Red Hot Chili Unlike members. Hunter S. Thompson, whose entire day <laughs> was literally... A rigid schedule. A rigid schedule of, <laughs> of drug abuse. Yeah. Cocaine, LSD, three fingers Smoke of... so yeah. much. Pop pills, can't feel shit. Aaron on my wings, but the fuckers never heal shit. I'm serious. That if there's a YouTube video of his routine before mm-hmm. he starts writing, and he literally does like so much cocaine and bad. LSD. Yeah, it's it. like, Big it's bad. literally, Big his bad. schedule is literally like noon, wake up, yep. breakfast, yep. like... 12.15, yep. cocaine. Yep, 12.15. 12.30, coffee. Yep. 1 o'clock, LSD. Like, yep. And I just can't imagine keeping that type of a structure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he per- does cocaine <laughs> three or four times before he starts writing. He does LSD definitely once, and then he drinks enough gin to fucking kill a fucking moose. Jeez, Louise. Okay, he's got to date himself somehow. Yeah. Oh, he geez. said dates himself into a, such a stupor. The man's drug tolerance really could kill any American U- U.S. citizen. And and then Shit, this is, this yeah, is, and then at eight p.m. starts writing, like the man, the man's internal system is ready to shut down at any <laughs> system. He's 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 such a high performing fucking addict that his shit's just out of this world. Kind of like the Power Rangers, you know. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, be, be, being a teenage superhero ain't easy, but you know, yeah, having a power suit, uh, a power uh, booze from Zordon kind of gives you the abilities to be an extreme action sport. It's kind of like the movie suggests. So the first scene of the movie, we started watching it hey, uh, today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, my good Lord. It is. They don't even explain it. The first scene is all the fucking Power Rangers with bulk and skull, and they're in a fucking uh, plane, and they're about to, to, to skydive, and they're just like, uh, like why there's no explanation in this movie and because why it, was the, it was the 90s and everything had to be fucking cool and like x games fucking friendly bro. Yeah. yeah that's ex- that's exactly what's happening and they straight up just don't explain why they're doing it there's a couple signs in the background for what did bulk- all their parachutes work please tell me all the yeah, all, yeah they, <laughs> they did although two uh bulk and skull did almost jump <laughs> out of the plane without parachutes yeah <laughs> yeah you and then Vulcan? somebody casually was like, oh, shit. hey, you guys might want these. Yeah. yeah. Kimber- Kimberly, the pink Power Ranger, as oh, Vulcan Skull are looking outside the, the plane, are like, hey, guys, you might want to put these on first. When they've just been daring each other to jump first. Yeah. Uh, oh, the shit. movie's insane. Incredibly neg- negligent. Yeah. It, the movie's insane. The first scene alone literally just speaks to the 90s in volumes where they're just <laughs> in there. The Power Rangers in their off time are just competing in extreme sports like skydiving. And they feel the need to just go part. To, and, and apparently it's like a benefit. Like the first scene seems to be a benefit for some sort. So like they're they're extreme sporting for a good cause. I'm all about that. Oh, yeah. We just talked about benefiting the community. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be in benefit. But of course, the last person to go, Tommy, the White Ranger, of course, the White Ranger, he's not satisfied with just jumping out of a plane with a parachute. The motherfucker has to have a goddamn snowboard or, you know, some type of. Of course. He's got a sandboard attached to his feet like the. the- <laughs> 
like the Karen <laughs> what the he f- is. He <laughs> jumps. You have your cake in. He did yeah, too, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else jumps out of the plane like, woo! And they've got. Now the, I remember this shit. Dude, oh, they've God. got these one-liners in the movie that are just absolute. Like it couldn't. The, oh, the, the yeah. depiction of '90s is is these one-liners like, "Let's go!" Woo! Jumps out of the plane like, "All right, team, go!" Boom! Jumps out of the plane like, "All right, Alpha, see you later." Backflip. V, v formation. Yeah. Karate style. Tiger, they, yeah. tire stance. They've got these. And that's the entire first scene of the movie. And then it bleeds itself into. Um, A the, fucking nightmare. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so after the, after that, the, then they've got this 90s kid who's like there to, to help D. Uh, <laughs> what? 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 Like, uh, what's the word when you. Um, de escalate the audience like there, there's this like 13 year old boy whose dad's like i did pretty good he's competing in the competition he's like hey dad watch how the pros do it basically just de- emasculating his dad being like dad you're a piece of shit <laughs> watch how these young teenage <laughs> pros do it and and the dad's just like i did pretty good myself it's i mean whoa, I, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 was the kid competing in the in the contest or the dad competing? i'm confused it doesn't say the kid's just there and is <laughs> and it looks as if his dad uh was competing in this this oh. skydiving competition oh. where they all jump out of the plane and try to land on this fucking bullseye and the kid just basically roasts his fucking dad and he's just like the dad's okay. Like, oh okay yeah. wait a minute okay. yeah mm-hmm. okay when you say bullseye it's coming back to me now yeah okay. they yeah, come yeah. flying down and and of course again tommy has to be the one to, to nail the bullseye with his fucking snowboard <laughs> coming down and the whole had to be extra. Yeah, yeah. Tommy's so fucking extra in that movie. I'm I'm the Tommy of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Every group has one. Dude, it's insane. And and watching this movie, it's it's almost unwatchable. And straight. Uh, and, and then the uh, then then the uh, ex- excavationists, the uh, the the construction workers, they they <laughs> uncover they uncover this egg. Also, the entire plot to Majin Buu, by the way. Literally, the fucking Saint. No, you're <laughs> fucking right. They're like, it's the plot to Majin Buu. I dare you to find a different. <laughs> They find this egg, and this egg <laughs> has got the most powerful being on the planet. And then Rita and Lord Zed, if you watch the TV show, know that these are the baddies of the the baddest of the bad of the TV series. And they're like, "We must awaken Ivan Ooze to destroy Lord Zed." Fucking li- literally, then, dude. Yeah, oh shit! <laughs> it's like the same fucking shit almost. Yeah, like, and then oh, out of this dude. ooze comes Ivan Ooze, this weird purple motherfucker with terrible CGI and terrible. <laughs> costume makeup who tries to uh turn the entire population of parents not children by the way just parents <laughs> with his fucking cum slime <laughs> <laughs> all it takes to to fuck your mind is this slime and all you have to do is touch it and the terrible 1995 cgi is basically electric volt this was the most popular toy in the market <laughs> <laughs> everyone Absol- had this toy absolutely the, yeah, a parent, uh, the kid, the guy's, the kid's dad comes home in the middle of the movie and he touches his kid's fucking slime that he got from Ivan Ooze selling it as like a, some product placement toy and he touches it and you see the electric like goes up and he goes and then all of a sudden, yeah, now all of a sudden he's mind washing trying to walk off the side of a fucking cliff and that's what happens to all the parents, not the children, just the parents. No, like literally, like all the children save the parents' lives. 
lives. Dead ass, exactly. My favorite part of the movie is when uh, fucking what is it, Billy? Is that Billy? The, the Blue yeah. Ranger? Billy? No, 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 no. The little kid that is rude. Oh yeah, dad. the kid. We don't know his name. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That, his name will be Billy though. Yeah. The, the the little boy who has lines that never got another acting job. <laughs> the poor yeah kid. so my favorite part is when he realizes that the only way to save the parents from like toppling them like fucking lemmings just going over the edge of the cliff the, the only way to one save of the final scenes yeah suicide is that he has to go get like a big huge water jet. yeah gets a water gun basically and so yeah. he basically blasts the parents and like the kids that are trying to save the parents he just blasts them and then eventually the the spell or whatever lifts because right has been in, defeated, in the I middle guess. of the t- yeah so at the same time the power rangers have uh gone through and we're, <laughs> we're skipping so much of the movie because <laughs> yeah 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 because fuck fuck the ninja shit like that was weird uh where they got their ninja powers and then they got their regular powers back but yeah i so, thought it was sick as a kid no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> we we missed that part because we were in ran errands because of the movie but no, no the ninja part's probably cool it, it is pretty cool actually to be honest but yeah so we're back to that point uh, and at this point, they're, they've got the Megazord. Ivan Ooze has his fucking weird uh, insectoid uh, Megazord things. And he... Because he... they have to sell toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's because they, they had to sell toys. It, yeah, so, so they're yeah. fighting in Megazord form, basically. And they're, they're, they've decided to f- fly off the planet. And they're fighting in space. And, and, then, and then the Power Rangers defeat him by throwing the, the motherfucker into a comet. And, and and yeah, he's shooting the parents off the edge of a cliff with. No, he's shooting them back from the yeah edge from of the, the cliff, cliff yeah. with with a high powered uh, hydrant, which is clearly like what? the worst prop ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> but, like PVC pipe painted silver, and and he's using it as a hose to. Hey, the work the workmen shouldn't blame the tools, man. <laughs> to me, the most important part about this scene is that after these people have ostensibly been blasted with like fire hydrants on steroids yeah <laughs> the the spell lifts and first of all no one is like on the ground yeah no one has fallen over under the weight of these massive jets and second of all everyone's got like maybe a couple water droplets yeah. um yeah so they're all they're all particularly dry for being yeah so, so they're all wearing hard hats you know to demonstrate the fact that they're all construction workers and because, you know, we want to make sure that everything is very clear by having everybody in the exact same costume. Yep. And so they all have like some water droplets on their hats. A couple of them have like kind of wet hair, they've maybe been, like, been like patches of wet yeah, hair. They've yeah. Been, they've been misted with a squirt gun. They all walked through a quick shower yeah. or something. But yeah, no one in the entire scene is drenched. Most of the children who were at the front lines yep. of the fire hydrants they, or whatever this thing was. All of them are completely dry, Bone head to toe. Yep. I've been I've been hit by a fire hydrant. Like, like I mean, like the real like sprayer they use for that yep. shit. That shit hurt like a bitch. They used to do they used to do yeah. that at my fucking elementary school. They used to bring the firefighters for like fucking dare and shit. They'd yep. be like, "Yo, kids, check this out." Like, yeah, it's, we live in Las Vegas. It's already 125 yeah. fucking degrees out. We can fucking fry an egg off of like someone's fucking street. Dude, it's like holy shit. Yeah, you got rocked, man. So, I mean, I'm. <laughs> yeah, it looked more oh, like shit. a super soaker attached to a fucking crane, uh, like some construction vehicle, and they all got lightly misted, but it somehow was powerful enough to keep them from walking over the edge like lemmings to their death. Low budget. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, and because and just compared to the Matrix in 1999, <laughs> the movie 
was made in 1995. So there's a four-year difference, but there's clearly a different in budget. And yeah. it is astronomical, the difference in what... I they were always say, cheap. They were always cheap. Yeah. I've, the- I've never seen any Power Rangers anything before today. And I can't say that this was the... <laughs> introduction i expected yeah it was pretty bad so for those of you that don't know like they would literally just like uh the the japanese cartoon was, was i mean not cartoon this is live action uh action for kids they but. did release the comic the same time they released the uh the show mm-hmm. which i thought was super interesting so basically the show which was super cartoony and also the movie the movie is super fucking cartoony oh like, my goodness with yes. the sounds and the weird the fight court. scenes yeah the yeah. fight mm-hmm. scenes are super super telegraphed Dude, kimberly yeah. the best line in the whole movie is where she's like ha 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 have a nice trip ha See you next fall. <laughs> like, that's the best line in the fucking movie, for sure. I think my actual favorite moment in the entire movie was when uh, the other female Power Ranger was uh, doing karate with the... And she's just in plain clothes. She doesn't have her suit on. This is before they power up for the first yeah. time. Yeah, the first fight and scene. And she's got two, like, massive purple, like, slimy boys that, <laughs> that are each, like, a good seven inches taller than her and very large. Hot. And she's <laughs> she's basically just, like, using them as nunchucks. Like, yep. she's just swinging them. Like, that's something that most small teenage girls can do. This yeah. happens at high school every day in California. Yeah. And <laughs> so at that point in the movie, I assumed, oh, okay. So, because I don't know anything about Power Rangers, I assumed, oh, okay. So these are teenagers who also have some type of special power, like super strength. And then their suit gives them like some type of like extra power or something. And I I, I explained to Mitchell that that was my take. And he was like, oh, no, that's not the case. They just do karate. And that that is exactly what happens in the middle of the movie. You (laughs) see, you see, they they have an innate like super strength ability. Well, it's more like just like an innate ability for karate. They're not not really super strong without their suits. They're not they're not kryptonite, you know, Superman stuff. So that's that's, that's, the, the brief synopsis of the middle. The movies basically they like the Ivanus fucks with their fucking power cores. They all have like little like badge like electronic devices yeah. that, that power their yep. suits and shit. And Zordon fucking gets fucking fucked up. Zord- yeah, Zordon gets fucked up by Ivanus and, and exactly. The, yeah, and then you see him laying dead in a pile. He's in of- hospice. Yeah, <laughs> the motherfucker is an alien from another planet and can't survive without his shit. And he's just dying on he's a bed of crystals. On, his, he's on a bed of crystals, <laughs> he looks like a fucking gray wearing a snuggie. <laughs> right, he's just like. Rangers, save me. Alpha's like, ay, 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 ay. Yeah, they got the cute little robots like, what the fuck did you guys do? The insurance doesn't cover this. What do you fucking do? Like Alpha's some fucking uh, Mexican robot. Just like, ay, 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 ay. It's just like this terrible knock. Anyways, it's very racist. Alpha's a very racist (laughs) robot. But but uh, he does his best to serve. And and Zordon basically is just dead until the end of the movie. And they're like, wait, hold on. The power that we learned through this show, through friendship, everyone, raise your hands up. And they raise their hands up and they're like, Ooh. Because every kid's show came down to yeah. the power of friendship. Power of friendship, yeah. And and they just used the clips of when Ivan was fucking destroying that shit, and they just played that shit in reverse. And they're just like, oh, look, the power of friendship just reverses all the damage to the, the, the center with Zordon. And so, like, the pillars that it knocked over, they're just, like, played in reverse. And it's like, and, like, everything is fixed. It's amazing. It's so good. Pretty much, yeah. Zordon just got, like, unfucked. <laughs> 
Literally, and then I think the resolution of the movie we got fucking Journey, or not? It's, it's uh, Steve Perry yep. solo, yep. lead singer of Journey before his mom got sick and he left the band to go take care of his mom. Yup. And it's just like, hi, motherfucking hi! Like there's fireworks going. Like, hey guys, we saved the day. Yup. Fucking high five. There's 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 pizza and soda and hot dogs for everyone. Like, Basically, yeah. It's like a it's a yeah. It's everyone's tenth birthday in the late nineties, early two thousands. It's like his pizza and soda yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was. <laughs> Is super nostalgic uh, for sure. Uh, if I had to rate it on a scale of today, it would definitely get like a two out of five Zordons for sure. <laughs> like the movie does not hold up. It is so bad. It's cheese balls. It's oh. bad. Here's one thing I will say for it though. I did notice that the female characters, while attractive, were not like over sexualized and they were just as competent as the male characters. Well, and and, and I have to say, I've I respect that basic element. Well, and that's before they changed the arrangement of rangers, which would originally make you disgusted because originally ah. the black ranger was a black guy. Oh, and, no. No, and the... Nothing nowhere quotes him. Yep, and the yep. yellow ranger was an Asian dude. Oh, Drew. Yeah, no. and, so, and so before the movie came out, the original arrangement of rangers was, uh, was Jason, the white guy in a red suit, uh, uh, Billy. Billy was Blue Ranger. Billy yeah. was the blue smart guy in a in a blue suit. He was uh, he was Gelf yeah. before uh, Gelf was even. <laughs> yeah, the, and then there was a Black Ranger in the black. Suit. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor in the black suit. Asia. Uh, uh, what was the agent? Asian I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't. Remember, it was like Tina. I don't, I don't remember if it was a girl or a guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It there, was a girl. There was definitely the original a cast one member. was the an American Asian, cast. Yeah. The American cast was an Asian girl, and then Kimberly was the pink one, and the and the white girl in the pink suit, and then the final one was um, um was green. No, no. Uh, it was red, yellow, blue, black, and yeah, yeah the and Green pink. Ranger was last. And I remember, like, and then yeah, Tommy was, was the Green Ranger who who was green. But then there was also not the Green Ranger Tommy, which was yeah. white. And I'm and, like, oh and Tommy, shit. and then Tommy later then became the White Ranger. But yeah, basically, so like there was super hard stereotypical, and so in the Yikes. in the movie they were smart enough to swap it up to where uh, they they got rid of the black guy, they swapped it out for the uh, Asian dude to play the black guy, and then they got the. Uh, black girl to play the Asian Asian character. So so the black girl's the yellow ranger and then the Asian dude was a black ranger because they were under super scrutiny. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And then, and then and it, they're like, we're better now. We're better now. We, we mixed it up. Yeah. We, and we even changed out the red ranger. It's a different white guy now. It's better. It's better. It's a different white guy. It's better. Uh, it was not better. I, I remember watching that weird like flash video on like Newgrounds, and it's like, what? and like Zach Taylor actually, like, his, <laughs> each, each Power Ranger had like a, like a little like plastic weapon they had on set, and it's yeah. like, why they got to give the Black Ranger a gun? Yeah, why they got to get? Them? Yep. <laughs> like, no, bad. and that was that was part of it too, because ah, yeah. Shit. So in the in the TV series, uh, they had super weapons that they would usually uh, power axe, up. Sword, yeah. staff, bow axe, and arrow, sword, staff, bow and Yeah, exactly. So at and then they gave the black guy shit. a gun and. Yeah, the original oh, Power man. Rangers was a little racist, and they sounds maybe even a lot of racist. It was a lot of racist, yeah. And they did a great job trying to to, and through the years they definitely did a better job. But like, yeah, when they started out, it was kind of like they were they were trying to appeal a little too hard to the mass audience, and they definitely used basically stereotypes to cast those raw. And yeah, I'm glad they fucking. I'm glad yeah, they were. Yeah, that's all gonna be a yikes for me, though. Yeah, but let's get to the rawest part. What one of these? One of these Power Rangers is another film actor in a different kind of industry. Tell me all about it, Marchuski. Okay, so just to clarify, 
it's the OG Red Ranger, <laughs> which is why he was not lo- who was no longer the Red Ranger. <laughs> dude totally does dude on dude pornography. <laughs> He- for him. Henceforth, the uh, removal of him from the original series. And he was probably getting money like your dad back in fucking 1994, man. Back when fucking that was before fucking internet. We didn't. There was no internet porn back then, so I'm yeah. pretty sure like all those actors and actresses, they're probably making fucking. People stack. were purchasing their. That films. dude was not only making three grand a week from his porn life; he was making ten grand a week from his fucking Power Ranger life. Like and, fucking literally. Like, yeah. Imagine like you just like you 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 fuck up bad guys all day, and, and then you fucking get blown all day, and then you fucking go home. To your apartment. Do what you love and you never work a day in your exactly. life. Exactly. There you go, folks. <laughs> These are the true stories. My Morphin Power Rangers. Brought to you by the March and Mitch Show featuring Celine. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Anyone can fuck their way to the top. <laughs> bob, 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 bob. That's the transition music that we're not implementing this time because we're going to cut straight to the fire. Welcome to Fire Emblem Pokemon Blast. This is the Baja version of dun, your, dun, 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 your dun. favorite game, the favorite segment. We're cutting straight into it just like a jalapeno straight to the eyeball after you forgot to wash your hands. Fuck, that sounds painful. Because Shit. we've done that. Have y'all ever Honey. had a, <laughs> you ever all, y'all ever had a jalapeno blowjob? Because... <laughs> It, I haven't. It happens. Only in Cancun. Yeah. It, it's it's the wrong move. Don't do it. Uh, I'm telling you, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. It's an experience, though. I'll tell you what. It's kind of like DMT. Like Definitely the, sounds spicy. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's wrong. Uh, we are on the final segment. Mark Chuski's Brewski. We bring you a very tasty beer. The first time I've ever tasted it. This shit is delicious. I would call it even... I would be as bold to say it as this is the, the, the taste of summer. Celine... I think it's delicious. It's delicious. It's a good hazy. I love a good hazy IPA. That's pretty much where this mark this market's been cornered. I feel like <laughs> hazy hazy IPAs have kind of cornered the market right now for the year of twenty twenty. Um, having worked in restaurants and bars, I feel like yeah, you're gonna get a lot of boneyard RPMs. You're gonna get a lot of apocalypse IPA. E- but this is this is definitely the hazy that takes the cake, and I like this way better than citrus mistress. I tried. Uh, so I went to I went to Ross today, and and I realized that their entire selection on their on their back wall IPA, and I was and I was like, oh well, this is awkward, and they've got also I- really tells you a lot about who shops at Ross. Yeah, Ross. yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, again, Ross is the the market down the street, so I go there. Oh or man, those donuts, yeah. though. Yeah, <laughs> yo, dude. Every time I walk in, I <sighs> crave their donuts. They're like walking into Ross is like walking into a high school nostalgia moment. It's ah shit, dude. It's so <laughs> my friends used to jack so much shit from Ross until somebody got fucking fingered, lifted, <laughs> lifted, dude. They were bad. They'd steal chicken fingers. They'd we're steal- talking what? Not not. We're talking like donut and chicken finger. Not not even beer runs. No, no, beer runs. no. <laughs> it was it was like straight. What? Yeah, high school on oh lunch break shit. Like they got like they stole oh so much from Ross. They'd steal chicken fingers. They'd steal donuts. Uh, they would steal like that was it. Like they would steal drinks. Like not like no beer. Like we weren't old enough to be stealing. That ass. Yeah. It was, but yeah. Uh, I never did, but like, and, and, and to me, like going to Ross on break was like, seemed like a huge chore because like you only had so much time. And so going to Ross on your lunch break just to me seemed like a huge waste of time. So for the most part, I would just, Bet. but my, my, my homies were all about going to Ross on your lunch break. Cause we're in high school and, and we got this extra time and, and yeah, 
dude, one of my one of my homies got fucked up for that shit. And I was just like, well, that's what you get. Like, what did you expect? Yeah, I'm like, sure they did. Ross is hardcore. Like, they're not ha- they're they are not down to fucking just like watch you steal their shit repetitively. Yeah, man, they ain't trying to play that shit. You see the exact same thing where I had growing up. We had we had Smiths. It was the exact same thing. But yeah. But people weren't lifting fucking donuts. They were lifting crates of beer. And you know, ah. they, got, they got sick of that shit real quick. When it comes to crates and crates and crates of beer, you think of a lot of Oregon brands, like I mentioned. But um, this this is actually so you know Elysian is a pretty big name. Yeah, uh, we're not talk, we're not talking about that that movie with uh our, our boy Dil- uh, fucking our boy Mitchell's fucking who's your, who's your boy? It's not Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> what? Matt Damon and Space Damon. Oh, not yeah. the Martian. We're yeah. talking the Damon and Space Elysian Damon. Right. Yeah. That's like only the rich people can afford the good air. Like imagine how bad that would suck. Like imagine if like me and Mitchell, like at our places, we could only afford like the like the medium grade air. But then like we went to like Celine's place and like Celine had like the high quality air. Yeah. We're like, oh fuck, your air is so much better than our air. <laughs> I'm just in the back taking hits of pure oxygen. Yeah. Uh, you gotta that have, you gotta have friends in oh. high places. You know? Like for us slumlords out here who grew up poor, like you gotta have people. Who I probably fuck I know that I know the, the name of the movie is, is is Elysium and it's it's is I don't remember if it's fucking Matt Damon. But anyways, let's talk about beer. So this okay. is actually we're gonna talk about our drum roll, please. This is the contact haze. Hazy IPA, like I mentioned earlier, hazy IPAs are pretty much the in thing mm-hmm. now. For those of you that don't know what a hazy is, um, it's essentially just an IPA where there's a heavy fruit uh, mention. We've got definitely notes of, um, what, to me, what feels like a little bit of grapefruit, but also there's definitely got to be some cucumber in there <laughs> and a little bit of lemon zest. This yeah. beer, it, to me, to me honestly, it's very easy to drink. It doesn't it's taste like an so IPA. good. Yeah, I was so... Um, I'm not a big fan of different beers, as y'all know. Like, I pretty much stick to one beer, but this one, I was drinking this today. Uh, while we were doing like the mid part of the show, and oh my goodness, I could literally just I could plow through a six pack of this. It's fucking delicious. There's another so beer we've good. had. This kind of reminds me of that. Actually, Selena introduced me to is is like the the swill. It, al- oh, it yeah, almost I this is kind of this is kind of like the swills like like more badass older brother that like you know like like has girls over at the house overnight and like you know smokes weed and drives like a badass vintage car. <laughs> I have to say, I love the artwork on this too. The artwork is really cool. The gang here has a great eye for uh, artwork because we're all media arts people. And then on top of that, you know, um, as far as like the spirit of Oregon, when you when you think of a contact haze, when was the last time the gang got a, a contact high? <laughs> what was the, like Mitchell? When was the last time you had a contact fucking high? Was it? I remember it specifically <laughs> because uh, Celine was getting uh, Stony Baloney in in our room, Stoney and and Bologna. we you told me I could. I did, I did, and uh, we we decided not to. And again, the house is pretty friendly as far as when it comes to consumption of, of marijuana. So they're like, there's really not a lot of rules when it comes to smoking weed in the house. And this, this for some reason, we decided not to open the window. And uh, Celine decided to toke up. And well, I opened the window and I did turn the fan on, but I didn't put it in the window. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's yeah. A mediocre filtering system at best yeah yeah there was definitely some uh lackluster attempt to to filter it out so the room (laughs) got really hazy and (laughs) i remember getting a little stony balloony uh in in the in the midst which is fine i think we we ended up having a great time we We, did but i am sorry yeah we always have fun and that's good i love hanging out with you you forcibly high forcibly with stone um i don't know hanging out with you no matter what is always fun but yeah definitely got me a little stony balloon 
uni. And hanging out with you guys gets me high, Cheeks. With 6% ABV, this beer is going to get you high up there for sure, most <laughs> definitely. That's definitely a beer box I do like because um, IPAs in the daytime, like I, I can't really fuck with it because my lazy ass would be like... <laughs> I'm trying to fucking sleep. I don't. I don't. I don't want to fucking talk to anyone. I just want. I just want like a Philly cheesesteak. That's I wanna, me I all the time. I just want to fucking go to sleep. You just, you're my spirit animal. Fucking literally, I've always been a lazy kid. Like it's really weird. Like God damn it, why am I like this? Anyways, um, the spirit. It's, it's people just tire me out. That's what humanity it is. And, yeah. and life in general, man. Fucking dude. Fucking now I know what Morrissey and fucking you know fucking Jesse Lacey were singing about all these fucking years. It's like fucking humanities will tire your ass to the fucking core. But, you know, there's no time to be tired when a beer like this is in your fucking hands because, honestly, the Contact Haze Hazy IPA um, definitely makes me feel like this is definitely a good... It could be a good Urian beer. This is definitely one of the top IPAs I've had on the show. I'm Mitchell, about Mitchell this, and yeah, Salim, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for fucking... Uh, I was just going to say we should have this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas most of the my picks, I feel like usually... It's, a lot of them have, like, you know, like a central story or a backstory from the past or my, my previous history in Las Vegas. <laughs> this These beers are good for me because you're picking brands I know, but they're kind of like the sleeper hits. That's yeah. why I love mm-hmm. having you guys be a part of this trifectum of podcast greatness. It really is fucking awesome. I give the Contact Haze Hazy IPA... <sighs> contact highs at a festival like Coachella out of 10. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Seriously. This is our first, I think this might be our first nine on the show. Mm -hmm. No, I I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like I said, I drink pretty much strictly one beer and one beer only, and then only variations. This is good. You guys picked him really good. Like I feel like you could have gotten like the Gordon Ramsay of beers, could have drank this and been like, it's it's, it's, it's not a bad beer. It's pretty pretty (laughs) good. It's pretty good. Yeah, like no, it like not only does it quench the thirst, but it's got the alcohol content to to set you down and uh put your butt in uh, a chair. we're definitely going to have some good chilling after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's it. Like, we, I think we've already drank all the uh, hazy that we have access to. No, well, to. never mind. Then we're going to have some crappy chilling after this. Well, there you go. But either, but either way, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those one of those uh, top. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely up there. Yeah, for this me, beer has earned its pedigree by far. Thank you so much I for would, all. Yeah, I'll definitely the be cool ass it people. Again. I'll probably want it. Where'd you guys? Where'd you guys get it? Russ. Ross, okay. Ross Grocers, where I buy everything at overpriced things because they're super close to home. They don't, they don't have it at Platt or, or Center Market. <laughs> uh, maybe I would mm-hmm. have to double check. I don't think so. Like I said, I, I I've I, never seen this. Before. I stared at the IPA aisle for a good like five minutes while trying to pick something out that wasn't just another IPA, and this one happened to be. <laughs> Uh, a legion and and i'm a big fan of legion so i worked with a guy in washington whose brother when they came out with uh the coffee stout the split shot uh legion apparently his brother is part one of the brewers and i was like what and i was working at starbucks at the time so like that was a huge thing for me i could see i could see mitchell working at starbucks dude i worked i was a manager of starbucks in washington and (laughs) yeah yeah, and so one of the he was a very nice uh you know i'm not even going into detail about the guy but uh, he was very nice and so he brought in the beer for for me to try and he's like yeah my brother is brewing this and it's it's a legion is before i moved back to uh salem and and in, so I was in Washington. And I was like, I didn't drink beer when I was in Washington. That's the thing. And so like I drank coffee. That was pretty much it. And they showed me the split shot. And I was like, this is actually a great beer. And so from there, moving forward, split uh, shots out. Yeah, split shots out. Yeah. And so so outside of that, I was like, I always kept a lesion 
uh, uh, however you pronounce it in my mind, because I was like, yeah, like these guys, these guys know what they're doing. Because even for a non beer drinker like myself, their split shot like tasted like coffee and was also beer. And, and I was a huge fan of that. And this, again, mm-hmm. way before I even started drinking beer, like I didn't drink, I didn't start drinking beer till I was 26. So what? yeah. Yeah. So like that beer was the first beer I think I ever actually enjoyed. Damn, you heard it here first, motherfucker. <laughs> Elysian representing some of the best and top finest brewery in Oregon and with plenty of hops, different taste flavor profiles, everything from IPAs to stats to your casual lager. Uh, we give the Elysian Contact Taste IPA 9.1. 9.1. Uh, uh, Coachella. I fucked the barista at the oh. local Starbucks. <laughs> 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 I think... I think you, and don't even get it wrong. Like <laughs> Starbucks baristas can be outrageously hot. I just want to see this. Just, just this the, true. Just the green apron and the vans. Dude, that's it. <laughs> dude, I got mad. Tr- no, str- you want to fun. You want to find personal story. So I got mad trouble with the ex with one of my exes uh, because the one of the girls that I worked with uh when i was manager like was covering for me because i used to live in tacoma so i was like 45 minutes away and so i think i overslept one night tacoma horror story oh dude yeah and so uh no her name was april and she was from a saipan uh full-blown like asian like like like, dude she and she was so fucking nice and so she hooked me up and she was like i got you and she scanned my cart because like you had to scan your cart in for clock and shit and so i i was so i was like god she was like she was my work wife like straight up like like april was my work (laughs) wife she she took care of me like when i was it dude so i was late to work and i sent her a case i sent her a kissy face in like text i was like thank you for saving my ass. Like, mm-hmm. I'm late. I'm going to be late to work. I cannot be late to work anymore. And so she scanned me in. Uh, so I, I showed up on the clock on time. And, and my current girlfriend at the time saw that text. And Ooh. I caught fucking hell for it. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I caught so much hell for it. It was insane. Like, but it was, it was super, like, it was always platonic. I'm right. imagining the Goosebumps, like, cover artwork for that. <laughs> it's no, like, dude. April, <laughs> April out there. April, if you hear the dude, she was so, she was the home. God bless you, April, yeah, for April. covering that shift at the local Keep, Starbucks. It, yeah, keeping me from getting fired by, like, fucking swiping my that's clock the, in. That's the producer and the founder right there of the fucking show right there coming in clutch. April, if you're listening to the podcast, God bless you. Thank you so much. May the coffee gods forever rain yeah. down on you supreme and bless you with the finest grounds for making the best coffees and products starbucks logo is a fucking mermaid yeah that's some weird shit we're not ready to get into that that shit <laughs> anyways we'll talk more about aquatic life later <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for the march and mitch podcast let's take a moment to thank all of our sponsors thank you to audio heart radio thank you to audible.com forward slash audibletrial.com forward slash march listen to your favorite audiobooks uh, Celine, will you maybe like to mention uh, any last minute shout outs for the podcast tonight in regards to audiobooks and programs? Maybe anything mm-hmm. uh, conscious on your mind? Again, I, I got to say, I can't recommend Octavia Butler enough. I've been listening to cool. the Lilith Brood series right now on Audible, and the narrator is excellent. That's always one of my big things with audiobooks is narrators got to be good. Audible has a really solid track record with excellent narrators. So can't recommend that series strongly enough. Um, and certainly can't recommend the uh, the 
Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents, obviously, which is what we covered tonight. You gave us a great synopsis. I was pretty spooked. I actually want to fucking maybe check that out. That's, that's some spooky shit, definitely. And thank you for joining us for the Nostalgia Trip this week. If you want to phone in uh, different comments on what we should rename the Nostalgia Trip, or if you're like myself, maybe, or people I've known in the past, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if, if you can think of something cooler that's, that's hipster friendly and you want to email me, uh, look up alexandermarchewski at gmail.com. <laughs> And more importantly, Mitchell, any last minute shout outs or moments of gratifications or thanks, thanksifications? I just want to thank, I, straight up, I, I just want to thank anybody who's made it this far mm-hmm. into the show, any listener who's continuing. Uh, lucky to, number 13. To, yeah, lucky number 13, straight up, uh, please uh, yeah, leave a comment if you can. I know that's super cheesy, but straight up, it will make a huge difference in our trending via Google uh if you if you leave a if you leave a comment on any platform via whatever you whatever you're listening to it on like it makes a huge difference in the trending so like yeah leave a comment share share the the episode that you're listening to via whatever your platform you're listening to and and huge shout out to the current listeners we have like Celine's mm-hmm. dad my mom uh and the friends that we have that are that are currently listening to it like huge thank you it's a big deal uh everything you know every play makes a difference like on on the algorithm as far as uh trending goes so yeah just th- thank you listener yeah seriously amen thank, thank you so much to all of our friends family and fans who enjoy the podcast thank you to kayak jones tiger's jaw and run for cover records hopeless records and triple crown records thank you to audible thank you to <laughs> iHeartRadio, and thank you to the gang Thank you to everyone who enjoys the March and Mitch show. This has been Alexander Marchewski, Celine Santa's Pond, and Mitchell Herring. Shred it up, shred it down, but most of all, turn that frown upside down, motherfucker. Have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs>